0: So y'all can have a seat. Um, Like Gabe said earlier, I just want to welcome y'all and keep this kind of in front of y'all. If if this is your first time, please fill out a card. Um, We're not going to send you spam and send you all these emails. We just want information from you. Um, That way we can contact you and... um, kind of get some information and be able to contact you and get you plugged into uh, missional communities and um, answer any questions you have about the church. So please take time right now. Like Gabe said, if you're not eye contact, that's fine. Um, Those cards are important. And what you do with those cards afterward is um, we'll have uh, the staples standing outside at the table, and please turn that in when you leave. Um, That way we can get those cards from you and um, you can actually meet some of the branch people, if you haven't already, and I hope you have. Um, so like Gabe said, a little nervous this, this Sunday, I don't know exactly why that is, but um, I don't know, I think we, we kind of talked about it beforehand, and it's one of those things where, um, I'm, this is only my third sermon, and so I'm learning how to prepare, um, and I think this time, as weird as this sounds, I might have over-prepared. Um, so, just talking through with Gabe earlier, that was good and, and helpful. Um, so, we'll see how this thing goes. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jay Vinson. Um, I'm one of the church plant interns here, and um, I'm over at Missional Community. So, if you're not plugged into a Missional Community, I know you saw the hands that, that were raised earlier, but um, come find me if you're not plugged in and you want more information about that. Um, so, I guess along with the nervousness, if I was just honest, it's kind of an emotional Sunday for me. Um, So for a lot of y'all, y'all might not know, but um, actually this Sunday last year, I went and had to go talk to my dad and tell him, hey, I am dropping out of college. And so um, tomorrow is, is Monday, obviously, but last year, tomorrow tomorrow, what I was doing is going to UNG and dropping out of school. Um, so that that is a huge, um, just a blessing to look back at this past year um, and just see how God's changed my life and changed uh, my major and my career from um, doing nursing to now hopefully going into the ministry and what that looks like. Um, so I think that might be playing into the nervousness, but man, it is awesome to be standing up here and and preach on this Sunday. Um, One thing I want to keep in front of y'all as well, um, just as a church, we are praying for a Sunday morning location, Um, so please keep praying for that. I texted Gabe earlier today, um, this morning, I was like, man, we really need to get to Sunday mornings. I was like, this whole wait until 5 o'clock to preach on a Sunday, it is terrible. Um, Just that nervousness all day. You can't enjoy the day. Um, And so just please keep praying for that um, as we're excited to see what um, comes out about that. Um, and just as we look at this next year, I know Gabe mentioned I'm engaged and be moving off. Um, along with that Sunday morning location, what he doesn't know is we'll hopefully be coming back in a few years. Um, and the reason is when we come back, hopefully um, there will be a lot of families here and we won't have to raise support. Um, so we'll see what happens <laughs> with that, but um, but we'll see. So, um, man, so we are going to be in Luke again today. Um, Luke 7, Luke chapter 7. 36 through 50. So, man, if, if y'all missed last week's sermon that Gabe preached, um, please go look at it on the podcast. Um, these past two weeks, honestly, have been just rock-solid sermons um, and just services in general. And it's nothing that Gabe's doing. Um, it's so encouraging to hear how humble his heart has been these past two Sundays. And, man, what powerful messages. So last week, if you weren't here, just a little summary. Um... Basically, Gabe asked the question, if you lost everything right now in life, literally everything, um, is Jesus enough for you? Um, so if you missed that, that uh, sermon, please go back and listen to that podcast. Um, so like I said this week, we are in Luke 7, verses 36 through 50, so Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and so tonight, we'll be looking at um, kind of the tweet that we try to, as a sermon, we Try to come up with um, when we could not pay our debt, Christ paid it for us. So I love that song that we just sang. Um, I need to get on a mat because man, that's such an emotional song. And then coming up to preach, it's it's tough. But um, man, what an encouragement as well through that song. So tonight we'll be looking at an actual meal, and we don't have the uh, slide up, but typically we have a Luke slide. And at the bottom, um, it says a meal with Jesus. So as you see, this is going to be, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But this is actually the second meal that we find in the book of Luke. Um, So as this series we've been going through the book of Luke, we find that Jesus is either going to a meal, um, leaving the meal, or at a meal. And so this is the second meal um, of Luke. And so tonight you can probably see, and if you don't have a Bible, please um, take one of these and use it tonight and then take it home as well but you can see the, the title of it is The Sinful Woman Anointing Jesus' Feet. So we're going to read Luke 7, 36-50. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly, verse 44. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Verse 48. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, just thank you for just who you are and thank you for um, what you've done for us that we know um, and we believe that we can't pay anything, but that you paid it all for us, God. We're in debt to you, but you paid that and we didn't have to do anything. So, God, I, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for just another Sunday gathering that we get to come together as a family and as a church just to worship you and just to hear your word and um, just to remember you through communion, God. Um, God, I, I just pray that as I speak tonight that it won't be me, God, um, that it'll, it'll be you. Pray that your spirit will just um, empower me to do that, God, that you'll just humble me and, and teach me through this process, God. Um, and God, I, I just pray that um, you will just open up our hearts and our ears to um, to what you have tonight for us. Um, and God, we just, we come to you, and once again, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us, um, and we just love you and praise you. Amen. So the story opens up in verse 36, they're at a meal. Basically, Jesus invite a Pharisee invites Jesus to come to a meal with him, and the cool thing is... Uh, Jesus accepts that, and this is what we see all throughout Luke. Um, like I said, this is the second meal um, that he's actually going to. The cool thing about this is, um, Gabe preached on this and mentioned this a, w- a couple weeks ago, about the Pharisees actually needing the gospel too. Um, and that's something I've never really thought of. Um, you always know, like, oh man, he hangs out with Pharisees, and they're obviously sinners, but... Um, Man, they're just religious people, legalistic people. But Jesus actually preached to them, and they needed to hear the gospel. And so that's um, one of the reasons we find Jesus actually accepting the offer and um, actually attending this dinner. And so we had a picture earlier. We're trying out a new system for our projector, so this is cool. But um, So we find the, the Pharisees and Jesus. This isn't the actual picture, but I wanted to show you all... <laughs> I wanted to show you how they reclined at the table, um, because it'll make sense lo- logistically once we get into the into the text, as we see this woman is at his feet, um, and, and as we sit today at normal tables, that doesn't really, logically doesn't make sense how she would be at his feet, um, so that was just kind of an example of how they sat, they actually sat on a, on a couch, their heads towards the table and their feet away from um, away from the table, and so that's kind of how the woman had access to his feet. And it it wouldn't necessarily be the center of attention, but people at the meal would know that this woman is there at his feet. Um, so let's look at verse 37. It says, "And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he, being Jesus, was reclining." At table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. So, the interesting thing, too, logistically, is that meals like this, special meals back in the day, um, bigger than just your family, when you had people, special guests invited over, um, those meals were open to the public. And so, anybody could come that they wanted to and come observe, watch, listen to these meals. Um, and it, I don't know, in my mind, I'm like, this whole week I had missional communities on my mind, and so as we look at this meal and just as it progresses along, um, in my head I'm like, man, this would be so weird in our missional communities today, is this this random woman um, coming in and just hanging out. Um, I guess not really, but in the same way t- for our typical meals it would be, um, so This woman, um, it says she's a sinner, and that's all it gives us, but most commentaries think that she was a prostitute in the city. So a lot of people would have known, oh, that is that woman. Um, The interesting thing is she's never named specifically in this text, but um, most commentaries believe that she was a a city prostitute. Um, And so she is actually drawn to Jesus at this meal. She probably found out from somebody, it's probably big news, that, oh, Jesus is in town hanging out with some Pharisees at a meal that's open to the public so I can go. And so she, um, she probably knew that and was like, I want to see this firsthand and, and, and come to Jesus. And so with this, um, as, you, as you remember earlier, he's also there for the Pharisees as well. So we have these two groups of people, the Pharisees and, and this woman, um, and they're both sinners. And so Jesus makes himself available to all types of people from all types of backgrounds. And so if we look in Luke 7, 34, just a couple verses before, it says, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a gluten and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So from the outside, Jesus is hanging out with, with sinners, a prostitute and Pharisees. And so people are judging him for that, but that proves the point that this is, is Jesus' mission. And so... Um, The interesting thing, going back to verse 37, is that she only brings ointment. And so ointment, back in the day, was basically a perfume, really expensive perfume. But she doesn't bring a towel. As we'll see, she actually wipes Jesus' feet with her own hair. Um, And this, typically, the reasons why the commentators think that she didn't bring a towel is because the host, which would have been the Pharisees who invited Jesus in, should have washed his feet when he came to the house. And so that's one of the reasons she didn't bring a towel. And so as we go into verse 38, it says, And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. So we see three actions in here, um, weeping, kissing, and anointing, um, anointing his feet, and so this gives the, this gives evidence and, and um, evidence of the presence of her faith. So she comes in and is literally humbled at Jesus's feet. She knows she knows the weight of her sin, and she knows Jesus is at this meal. But she doesn't do this. Um, I, I want I want y'all to understand this. She doesn't do this to gain faith or to gain forgiveness. We'll hit on this more later, but this shows the evidence of her faith. Um, and as I'm thinking about just how humble this is, I don't know, in my mind, I picture, okay, so we know Jesus' feet weren't washed when he came in. And so I'm thinking, how many, how many people in here own Chacos? All right, I know more people than that. Um, okay, does anybody have what they call the Jesus sandals? Anybody? Okay, um, anyways, so basically that's what Jesus would have been wearing. And maybe he could have been barefoot a lot. Um, so just think about how um, dirty his feet actually were. And so what What a humble that she would get over the dirtiness. And she didn't care about that, but she, she knew whose feet those actually were that she was washing. So as we look at verse 39 through 40, it says, Now when the Pharisee who had invited him... Saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. So now, as we go to these two verses, we find out that this meal is no longer just a normal meal. Um, But as we look at it, from today's perspective, what meal, including Jesus, was actually just a normal meal. Um, we always see that he, Jesus uses everyday things to teach us. And so one of the things, as we find out, we found out a couple of things through these verses, but we see that the Pharisee is actually Simon. So Simon gets called out by name. Um, but the interesting thing is all he did, it says, he said to himself, so this is just a thought. He didn't say this out loud to all the Pharisees and, and Jesus. They, he didn't. Nobody knew um, what he was actually thinking except Jesus. So it, all, it made me think. Um, Gabe always used the illustration of man. If somebody hooked up a projector to your mind and projected it on a wall, um, we wouldn't want that for ourselves, right? But this happened to this guy, um, and we'll find out that. Um, that Simon actually learns a lot from this, and we learn a lot from this. So he goes from just a Pharisee to being Simon. So he calls him out by name. And um, the Pharisees, basically, Simon's thoughts tell us that the woman had a well-known reputation in the town. So we kind of have an idea that she was a prostitute. And so a lot of the people in the town would have known that um, and would have probably seen her on the corner and would have known that, oh man, stay away from her, she's she's bad business, that's, that's a sin. And so as we look at it though, Jesus accepts this woman into the meal and lets her wash his feet. And so Jesus accepts the sinner and the Pharisees reject her. And so man, that hit me hard this week. As we look at this board with 26,000 tallies, in a 20 minute drive, From Parks and Rec, that's how many non-believers there are in a 20-minute drive. Man, how convicting is that? That Jesus accepts the sinner and the Pharisees reject her. And just me being personal, or um, just being honest, as as I look at at other people, how quick am I to judge people and not love them? Um, And so that that's just been something that's been on my heart: is if we're actually trying to be like Jesus, Jesus accepts the sinner. So as we continue in verse 41 through 43, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. So to give a little context, a denarii is... A days a day's wage so we have 500 versus 50 and so if we look at it kind of in in today's perspective um it's about 20 months worth of of days pay so that's 20 months of salary versus the 50 which is two months of of salary and so i, I love that um jesus uses this parable to to bring the whole table back to the gospel um as, as you all probably know, Pharisees knew the law. They knew the rules. They were they were the religious ones back in the day. So they would have known this. But God uses a simple parable to bring them back to the basic gospel truth. And so in this, if you look at the, at the parable, the woman who is the sinner, the prostitute, um, she is the one who owes the 500 and Simon is the one who owes 50. And as we look at this, even, even Simon knows that that he probably felt that and the other Pharisees probably felt that as well. Um, and this value placed on sin, this has been a tough tough one to wrestle through this week, but we have to focus on the value placed on this sin is the awareness of sin, not the amount of sin. So yes, the, the woman might have been More of a sinner, she might have committed more sins than the Pharisees did, but it's the awareness part um, that makes that comes up with the amount, the 500 versus the 50. And so, two questions or a couple questions just to ponder on: Does your awareness of sin push you into guilt, or does it push you into thankfulness and love because of grace? Are our actions out of guilt trying to please and earn God's favor? Or are our actions in response to Christ's redemptive work on the cross? So as, as we think about those questions and we look, um, Simon, in this context, Simon thinks he needs little help. And he has little need for need for forgiveness. Jesus' point is that the woman is much closer to God's grace than Simon is. So obviously we know um, the debt is larger for the woman, and that's the awareness of her sin, um, as Simon is over here with only 50 to owe. But it shows that um, Simon's heart, he thinks that he needs little help, and thus little need for forgiveness. So now we'll look at verses 44 through 50. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So Jesus immediately after telling this parable, asked Simon, and I'm sure the other Pharisees as well, um, Do you see this woman? And obviously as we as we saw the picture. The woman would have been, would have, she would have been noticed, um, and so. But the key is that Simon and the Pharisees could only see her for who she was, and who she had been, and not who she was as Jesus did. So the the Pharisees and Simon are sitting over here judging her because they knew she was a sinner. They knew she was probably a prostitute in the town. But Jesus, through through God's eyes sees a beautiful woman, he sees a daughter in Christ um, and the new life that is to come for her because he knows the forgiveness is coming. Um, And so we have a little chart. I want to show this just so y'all can visually see it. So in verses 44, 45, and 46, we see this comparison of Simon's, really his lack of acts of love and the woman's acts of love. So in these verses it says, As as we look at Simon, you gave me no water for my feet. And we have to remember, Simon is the host. So he's kind of in charge of this. It's not like, oh, that was somebody else's job. Like, no, this is your house. You're supposed to do this um, as custom. And so we see you gave me no water for my feet. You gave me no kiss. You did not anoint my head with oil. And so, like we said earlier, he doesn't know his awareness, um, his need for forgiveness. So he's forgiven a little, Thus he loves little. And as we look at the woman's acts, um, she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. She has not ceased to kiss my feet. She has anointed my feet with ointment. And as we see this comparison, that she's, since she's forgiven much, she loves much. The thing about this is, the forgiven part comes first. It's not opposite. If it was opposite, it wouldn't be the gospel. Um, this is the gospel. We're forgiven and then we love. Um, and so she wasn't forgiven due to these actions. This isn't a checkoff list that, oh, if I, if I wet his feet, if I wipe them with my hair, um, if I don't cease to kiss uh, his feet, then if I can check all these off, um, I'll gain forgiveness. It doesn't work like that we see forgiveness comes first and then the love and we see that in verses 49 and 50 jesus reinforces the woman's forgiveness and encourage her encourages her by saying her sins are forgiven so as we wrap up what's the application for today i want to point back i skipped over this but luke 7:42 If y'all don't get anything out of this message, please get this verse. Luke seven forty two. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. This is the gospel. We're all in debt to God. And we can't, through our actions, we can't make up that debt. That's not grace. Grace says we're forgiven because of that debt, because of what Christ did on the cross for us. Thus we love. So I want to point out two verses. Ephesians 2, 8-9. Ephesians 2, 8-9 For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast. And then Titus 3, 4-7 heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we look at Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved, and this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God in Titus. He saved us not because of, of works done by us in righteousness. Man, this part of the message this week rocked me. And it's, it's a constant process that I've, over the past, I guess, probably year and a half, just understanding this whole legalism and, and what that means and trying to walk in grace and understand God's grace. Um, and The freedom that we get in that, that we're forgiven and then we love. It's not this checklist. We can't do anything to gains, gain God's favor or forgiveness. Grace is a gift, as we see in Luke, as we see in Ephesians, as we see in Titus. So as we look at, at this scripture in Luke, in the passage, and we look at the Pharisees and the woman and the women. They both were sinners. They both needed God and Jesus was there. Simon was still forgiven, even though he didn't, his lack of actions. We see that he's still forgiven. He's forgiven little, and he loves little. So as we close, a couple more questions to think about, and these are the same ones from earlier. Does your awareness of sin push you into guilt, or does it push you into thankfulness and love because of grace? Are our actions out of guilt trying to please and earn God's favor? Or are our actions in response to Christ's redemptive work on the cross? So as we close... In a few minutes, we're going to partake in communion. And this is just a time of response, just to think and um, just pray as the the Spirit is um, just working on your heart as you look at um, just trying to understand this, that it's not because of our actions that we're forgiven. We're forgiven, then we have actions in response to that forgiveness. We don't pay our debt. That's religion and legalism. Jesus paid our debt on the cross. And if we remember Christ on the cross said, it is finished, he cried out. So if I truly believe that it is finished and that Christ actually did pay all my debt on the cross and took all my sin for that, why do I still feel like there's a debt there and that I have to check off this list to to gain that? gain that forgiveness. As Christ called that out, cried that out on the cross, the debt is paid, just like we sung earlier. Once again, I want to remind you of verse 42. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. so as we open up communion um, if you're a believer in the room this is just a time of remembering and celebrating what Christ did to cancel our debt this should just be a time of reflection and just think about the trust that you have for him in that put yourself in the woman's shoes as she's humbling herself at Jesus' feet some of us might need to do that tonight as we Um, probably struggling with some things, some doubts, maybe some sin. Take that to Jesus' feet. Humble yourself there. If you're not yet a believer, we ask that you'll just uh, stay in your seat and not partake in communion. for This is um, something that believers do to celebrate as as Christ um, has died for us. So this is a time for processing what you've heard. And if y'all have any questions, um, please come talk talk to any of the staff people in the back. And I want to close with this. Daryl Block said, Honesty about sin is important, but so clear is the message that God has graciously provided a solution to sin for the one who humbly approaches him. Honesty about sin is important, but so clear is the message that God has graciously provided a solution to sin for the one who humbly approaches him. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, just thank you for who you are and that... Even as sinners, we can humbly fall down, cry, and weep at your feet. God, I I thank you that we don't have to do anything, God. We're forgiven because we believe in what Christ did on the cross. We don't have to worry about what religion, other religions say of how you have to live a good life and if you do these things then you will hopefully one day be forgiven. No, we are forgiven because of Christ. So God, as we think back on this message and we look at who attended the meal and was at the table, God. We have the Pharisees, the religious people, the believers. And God, we also have the sinful woman. The beautiful thing in this, God, is that no matter what camp you're in, whether you're in the Pharisees group or in the sinning group, God, that you forgave both and that you loved both, God. So God, as we take communion, I pray that we'll just take this time just to reflect our relationship with you and reflect how we view that relationship, God. pray that we will reflect on our sin and just the awareness of that God and I pray that we won't feel guilty and be pushed into legalism as as we often do as I often do God that I don't have to worry about coming to church and reading my Bible and living a good life and Doing this or that, trying to please you, God—that's so exhausting and so tiring. But that we get to just rest in what you did on the cross, God. God, I just—I want to pray this quote: "Honesty about sin is important, but so clear is the message that God has graciously provided a solution to sin." for the one who humbly approaches him. So God, whether we are a Pharisee or if we're the sinful woman, I just pray that we will just humbly approach you tonight, God. And I pray that we'll just, through, through communion as we partake, that we will just celebrate the fact that we are loved by you and forgiven by you. So God, as as we open up communion, um, we just love you and praise you. Amen.